Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Fans First Sports Network's Draft Recap Show. It's Jeremy Betts, Andrew Wilbar, back with more divisional breakdowns, where we look at every team's draft and talk favorite selections, best value, and more. Today is all about the AFC West. Andrew, it's good to be back. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, but a little bit sad. This is We're getting near the end of this series. It's been fun, but we've only got, I believe, what is it, one more division left after this? Draft talk never ends, man, and we're going to keep talking about all these teams. When you're talking about the AFC West, it's a division that boasts the Super Bowl champion from 2022, boasts some contenders potentially for playoff spots, some unknowns, and these draft classes are going to play an important role in how these teams fare in 2023 and beyond. But as we focus in on it, I think it's really important, though, to continue to state that the Chiefs look like the clear-cut favorites in this division. Andrew, I don't know how you feel about it, but I still feel that way. Tell us a little bit of, of an overview of this division before we jump into the players. Though It's going to be so intriguing with the quarterbacks. I know that Jimmy G is kind of the outlier at this point. No one really knows what to expect. We'll talk about another quarterback in a minute from the Raiders. Could make a difference in this division, but when you look at the rest of the division, a lot is going to re- depend on Russell Wilson. This is becoming, I mean, Everyone from the NFC West is transferring to the AFC West. You had Russell Wilson right. last year. You had Jimmy G this year. I'm just wondering who's going to be next year. But what you have Mahomes, who is what everyone is trying to compete with and then trying to beat, trying to emulate, doing whatever they can to top them. And we've seen in past years, we've seen this division follow a certain pattern, whether it was going offense heavy, finding speedsters, right to match the athleticism of Kansas City on offense. It, there's been years where we've seen them drafting very heavily in terms of defense, whether it be pass rushers or corners, guys to keep up with some of their receivers. Everything that's been dedicated to what can we do to beat Kansas City. This right. year, it's hard to figure out because no team really had a definite design to their draft. They were pretty balanced drafts overall. Some we liked, some we didn't, and that's what we're going to discuss today. Absolutely. Let's jump into one of those squads, the Denver Broncos, who coming off a very disappointing 2022 campaign where in preseason they were projected potentially to be in the Super Bowl conversation and then end up being one of the worst offenses in the league, despite 
owning a defense that is very good and has a lot of talent throughout from top to bottom. They added to that this year, again, replenishing some areas where they needed a little bit of help heading into 2023. But what we're going to do here before we break it down is we're going to just read off the players that they actually selected in the draft. And the Broncos did not have a first round pick spent last year in the trade for Russell Wilson. Hopefully, if you're a Broncos fan, that starts paying dividends this year because it absolutely did not last year. So your first round pick goes to Russell Wilson. Your second round pick this year at pick 32 in round two was Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. And then in the third round, there were two selections for the Broncos. They took Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas, and Riley Moss, cornerback out of Iowa, Two good selections, in my opinion. We'll talk about those guys a little bit later. And then jumping all the way to the sixth round, safety J.L. Skinner out of Boise State. And then their final selection, center Alex Forsyth out of Oregon in the seventh round. Andrew, let's talk about this, this class. Who was your favorite selection or even the best selection you thought uh, by the Broncos here in the draft? Yeah, they weren't made to choose from. I went with Riley Moss the corner from Iowa. Some people are saying he's going to move to safety. I think he can stay at corner. He doesn't have the longest of arms, but he has the athleticism necessary to play man, zone, press, whatever you need him to play. He is used to playing further off the line at Iowa. They have a lot of softer coverage schemes at Iowa, but he has the athleticism to play man if you need him to. I think he is going to be more that off man, bend, but don't break. And just when you think of it, that's a lot of what Denver plays. They play a lot right. of off coverage, a lot of off man coverage. I think Riley Moss is going to thrive in that playing opposite Patrick Sertan. I think that's a great combo on the outside. They're going to play well together. They have similar play styles. I think that this was a really good selection for Denver based upon their scheme. I agree with you 100%. I think this guy can come in and, and provide quality snaps right away at cornerback. At a variety of positions, though, that's what you like about him. He's got some versatility there, but I do think he can hang with NFL wide receivers on the outside. It remains to be seen, but I agree with you on this selection. I don't agree with you on your next choice, and uh, this would be your least favorite pick for the Broncos, and maybe you'll explain to me, you know, maybe you didn't hate the pick, but uh, you just had to pick a selection here that you didn't like because that's what we're doing here. We're, we're – talking good selections, bad selections, good value, kind of going through all that. So you went with Drew Sanders, the inside linebacker, who was taken in the third round. Why do you go with with Sanders as your your least favorite selection? Yeah, I thought it was fair value. I had an early third-round grade on Sanders. They got him in that range. I don't think it was necessarily a horrible selection. but And I know that Denver needed help at linebacker. Yeah. But I'm just curious where he is going to play for them. Where do you play him? The edge? inside they don't really need help on the edge but that's his best trait as a pass rusher the only issue is that he doesn't he has the length but he doesn't necessarily have the bulk to be an edge rusher in the nfl uh on the inside he's a little bit spotty in coverage he's fluid but sometimes in terms of reaction speed there's just some minor issues in his game that i'm afraid could hinder him from becoming a full-time starter and may just limit him to being kind of a gadget role player. That's my concern for Sanders. I'm not sure if he's going to be a three-down starter for Denver. I don't necessarily hate the pick. I just don't know if there's as much upside as some people expect. Sure, yeah. Upside is is a little questionable, but I think 
you know, where I come from on this is I, I actually had Drew Sanders graded, graded higher in the draft process. I had him as an early second round selection. And I just thought that his ability as a blitzer and, and the length that he has is such a, a fantastic trait of his that he's going to succeed at the very least in that role. And I do think he can develop into an offense reading downhill thumper. You know, he's got that downhill pursuit. He can get sideline to sideline enough. I don't know if you're going to ask him to do a lot of coverage for you. I think he can be a really good run and hit linebacker and make life uncomfortable. Definitely understand where you're, you're coming from. So that lands as your least favorite selection in a pretty solid class overall. We'll talk about the grade in a little bit, but Andrew, what's your best value for the Broncos here? I love the JL Skinner pick. This guy is a downhill hitter at safety. He isn't afraid to hit people. He's actually got better range than a lot of people think when you just look at the numbers. Oh, he's six foot four, 220 pounds. Oh, yeah, he's probably going to be a four six, four seven guy. He didn't run the 40, so I could be wrong. But when you watch him on tape, he actually moves really well. He has long strides yeah. and he keeps up with receivers down the field. If the corner ends up bailing and he has to cover a receiver, he's able to do that. If you need him to cover a tight end, he obviously has the size. To do that, I think that's one of his best traits is ability to cover tight ends in the middle of the field man-to-man. And you can also send him downhill to play the run, even come in on a stunt, a blitz on the outside. He's very versatile, not necessarily in terms of a positional, but in terms of his uses, how you can use him. There's so many different good traits about his mm-hmm. game because of his superior athleticism. If not for his injury that he suffered, I think we're talking about a guy who could have gone as early as the second or third round, but obviously that injury pushed him down the draft boards quite a bit. Great pick for Denver. I agree 100%. He was a steal in the sixth round, potentially, for the Broncos, who continued to add to their defense and hopefully put together a unit that can stop those Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs, the Justin Herbert-led Chargers. We'll talk about those teams here in a little bit as well. But, Andrew, before we do, let's grade this draft for the Broncos. Gave him a pretty good one. Tell us about it. Giving them a B plus. They didn't have that many picks, but they made the most of it. I feel didn't they had no picks. I hate even forces in the seventh round. Really was not a bad selection. Yeah. It gives them a developmental center, a guy who shows some promise, not necessarily from an athletic standpoint, but a guy who had some pretty good tape this past year. So really like how the what the Broncos were doing with the few picks that they had. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna totally consent here and, and give a B plus as well nailed what they needed to. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't like incredible players fell to them and they selected them, but you do have some good value here. And I think these pieces will fit with what they're trying to do on defense and offense. Marvin Mims in the first round was, or I'm sorry, in the second round was good value. He projects as a speedy receiver who can take the top off the defense, maybe work on the inside a little bit with his quickness. He'll need to develop a route tree like many receivers coming out of college, but he has a chance to be somebody that helps them out. Maybe not right away in 2023, but down the road as that wide receiver room changes in the future. Let's move on to the Kansas city chiefs, the defending world champions, the team everybody's chasing. Andrew, how did they do in this draft? You've got some players here that help them out at positions of need. When you talk about their first round selection, selecting last, getting another edge rusher, and they drafted one last year in 2022 and George Karloftis in the back into the first round, they draft another edge rusher in Felix and Aduke Uzama out of Kansas State. Hope I said that right. 
and then in the second round, they go receiver. Rasheed Rice out of SMU, a versatile weapon for Patrick Mahomes. Wanye Morris, offensive tackle in the third round. And then in the fourth round, Chamari Connor, safety out of Virginia Tech. Fifth round, B.J. Thompson out of Stephen F. Austin, an outside linebacker is what he's listed on ESPN. We'll see what they try to do with him on their defense. And then a big run stuffer in the middle in the sixth round, Keandre Coburn out of Texas, defensive tackle. And then to round out their draft, a cornerback out of Ball State, Nick Jones in the seventh. Andrew, who's your favorite selection of these for the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm going to go with their first-round pick, and you are very, very close. It's okay. Felix and Udike Uzama, and but very, very close. That one is a difficult one. And honestly, I'm just going to say right now, I did not love the Chiefs drafts overall. They did need an edge rusher, and that's kind of why I went with this selection because I think he could be a really good pairing going forward with the other guys they have up front. I thought there was a chance they may end up bringing Frank Clark back. You know, What are they going to do? Could they potentially go offense early on? They ended up sticking with Indike Azama. They go with him in the first round. I felt it was a slight reach. Uh, I had a mid-second, mid to late second, I believe, on Uzama. But I will say he's a high-character guy. He's yeah. willing to work hard. He's very professional and just his appearance. And, you know, in the interviews that I've seen of him, the interaction that I've seen, uh, I've been really impressed with him as a person. And you, when you watch the tape, he's got a high motor. He's a good athlete. I think when you combine those two, you're looking at a guy who has a bright future. Not every trait is there. He's still pretty raw, but I think there's enough there for Kansas City to work with, and hopefully he can develop into a starting pass rusher for Kansas City. He feels like a Kansas City Chief. A lot of people had him kind of pegged to them at the back end of the first round with what they needed, and he's going to come in, like you said, work hard, be high character, fits that the Andy Reid style of player that they that they like to have on their team. Let's talk about your least favorite selection though for the Broncos. You went with the the safety they selected in the fourth round, Shamari Connor out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, I liked Connor's 2021 tape and I had a higher grade on him coming into this season, but then this past year he really slumped off. I don't know if he ends up if he's going to need to move to safety, if he's going to stay at corner. He doesn't really have enough speed to keep up with the guys with the top end athleticism. He got beat over the middle with receivers that were good running routes, some of the better route runners. He's going to get torched across the middle of the field. He's not the most agile. And also, he doesn't have the deep speed to keep up with the vertical receivers that can beat him physically at the line of scrimmage. He has to be able to win with his hands at the line and bump the receiver off the route because if that's not going to, if that doesn't happen, he's toast. And I felt it was quite a reach where they took him. I had a seventh undrafted grade on Connor, so I really did not like the selection for Kansas City. I felt like they passed up on a lot of really talented corners. Steve Spagnuolo's unit is is such a scheme dependent defense. And they, they ask their players to handle specific roles because of that. So maybe they're identifying a guy who kind of fits a role for them. But you're right, as far as the traits go, it was kind of a head scratcher, if you will, in the fourth round for some of the other players that they could brought into the fold uh, for this team. But, I mean, it's hard to question a team that's been to five straight AFC championship games and won two Super Bowls in the last four years. So let's talk about the value. You went with B.J. Thompson where do you see him fitting here in the Chiefs defense, and why do you like the value here? I think he's going to play as a Sam linebacker to begin, 
but I think in sub packages, he's going to move to the edge. And I don't know if the, this is Kansas city saying that they're open to more, not necessarily of a three, four, but maybe in a three, three scheme, allowing him to kind of align as a stand up linebacker. But as it gets close to the snap, he's going to kind of be that guy who is that potential pass rusher, that guy that's in the pass rushing stance. They're showing pressure. Sometimes he'll drop into coverage. Sometimes he'll rush the passer. He's got a good feel for rushing the passer. And I will say, yeah. even though he doesn't have elite strength per se, he has extremely long arms, almost 35 inch arms, six foot five and a half, 243, ran a four six one in the 40, had a 37 and a half inch vertical, 10 foot five broad. This is a really good athlete. He just needs to add a little bit extra weight if he wants to play the edge. I think he can. I mean, a frame that's almost six foot six, I think he almost has yeah. to. And he's athletic enough to hold that weight and still be a quick enough off the ball to make something happen. So I think long term, you're looking at a guy who's going to add some weight, potentially play defensive end for him down the line. But in year one, I think he's a guy, he's going to be more of a sub package rotational piece. But still, in the later rounds, I thought it was an excellent selection. Explosive, long and lean, a little bit raw. You do want to see better play strength, obviously, out of him, but that can happen. We talk a lot about prospects in how we saw them at college and how they project at their current weights and, and sizes, but you got to remember, these guys weren't full-time athletes in college. They don't have access to the facilities that the NFL players do, and so a lot of these guys, when they get into the league, it's a total body transformation for a lot of them. And BJ Thompson could be one of those guys who puts on a lot of weight, a lot of muscle and turns that into effective play strength on the field. That's going to be interesting to watch. I really like this selection as well. Let's talk grade, Andrew. You said to kind of open it that you weren't a huge fan of the draft, but you did give it a passing grade. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I give him a C. I come to the point where I trust Brett Veach enough for him to identify the needs of the team. And obviously they needed to address pass rusher. They did. They needed to add depth at linebacker corner. A lot of people were knocking them for not drafting a running back, but honestly, I don't have a problem with that. Isaiah Pacheco looked right. really good last year. And I don't know how big of a role, if any of a role they have for CEH or what role Jarek McKinnon is going to have. They could have afforded in the later rounds. I felt like Lou Nichols would have been a guy. Well, if he was still available. He would have been a great pick. Great guy to pair with Pacheco speed, get that power guy. But overall, that wasn't what really killed it for me. I just didn't love any of the actual selections, and that's just a matter of preference. Some of it is scheme-related, but I'm going to give it a C. I'm going B-. minus. I like it a little bit better. Rasheed Rice out of SMU, I think he's a guy that Patrick Mahomes could potentially turn into a star. You're talking about a guy who's got plenty of size, six foot one. 204 pounds he can run he's got physicality he does yes and they'll like that maybe a juju smith schuster type replacement player but i think he has a little more speed than even smith schuster did uh, a little more versatility i like it kind of bumps the grade up a little bit for me and then i like drafting of wanya morris in, in round three i think he's a good player i think he can be a guy that maybe jumps into the the right tackle discussion at some point so I liked it a little bit better, but yes, the Chiefs riding that that Super Bowl high, can they can they fit these pieces in to continue to be the dominant force that they want to be? As long as you have Patrick Mahomes, though, it seems like it, they're a good bet to be at the top of the discussion for Super Bowl contenders, and that leads us right into our break. We'll be right back here on the FFSN Draft Recap Show. 
talking AFC West don't go anywhere. All right, and welcome back. We're going to talk Raiders draft now. Andrew, the Raiders are really an intriguing team this year. Some of the players that they selected maybe weren't our original thoughts as to where these players might go. It was the Raiders, but they ended up with quality players in the draft. Let's talk about their first selection in round one, seventh overall. Tyree Wilson, they went with the big defensive end out of Texas Tech, who many thought could go as high as second overall in round two. Really good value. Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end, who many thought could be a mid-first round selection. And then out of Alabama in round three, their first selection in round three, Byron Young, defensive tackle. That one was a little bit of a head-scratcher. We'll talk about him. Then Trey Tucker, wide receiver out of Cincinnati, also in round three. Two fourth-round selections as well. Jacorian Bennett out of Maryland, cornerback. And then quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, a pass thrower instead of a pass defender, quarterback out of Purdue, also in the fourth round. And then in the fifth round, Christopher Smith, safety out of Georgia player I liked coming into the draft. Amari Bernie in the sixth round here out of Florida, outside linebacker. And then Nesta Jade Silvera out of Arizona State with their final pick at defensive tackle in the seventh round. Andrew, let's talk this draft. Who was your favorite selection for the Raiders? I'm going to go with Michael Mayer. I thought this was an excellent pick. After losing Darren Waller, there were a lot of questions as to what necessarily the Raiders were thinking because he was such a focal part of their offense, the focal point of that offense. But when you look at Mayer, he's more the typical mold of what Josh McDaniels has worked with. When you think of Gronk, you think of some of the other guys they've had that are primarily not not primarily inline blockers, but guys who can do it both ways, guys that are going to be on the field for three downs. Waller was never that inline guy. And I think if you're looking at Mayer specifically, I think that he's going to be a better fit for what Josh McDaniels wants to run. I felt it was a scheme fit, felt that the value absolutely matched getting him in the second round when a lot of people expected him to go into the first round, including myself. So very good selection here for the Raiders. Although I will say, I will take credit for this. I got this right in my mock draft in the second hey. round. I had a first round grade on, but I predicted him to fall out of the first. Be one of those surprises out of the first. So I'm going to claim that glory, not bragging or anything, but... Considering the rest of the mock was not the greatest in the first round, I've got to, you know, move to the second round and claim glory with that I can there. In the draft process, there's so many L's that get handed out to scouts and predictors like ourselves. And, you know, you got to take the the W's when you can. So fantastic job there. I know I didn't project Michael Mayer to land with the Raiders in the second round. So, yes, the the Raiders getting a fantastic selection there with Michael Mayer. Let's talk about Byron Young, though, defensive tackle. You and I both agree this was an absolute head-scratcher for the Raiders in round three. What were they thinking, Andrew? Yeah, if the draft was back in February, I may have thought this would be a solid selection. The After the draft process, not testing well, not looking good, really, in any aspect. I don't understand some selections. that there's Every year there's an Alabama player or two, and I wonder if it's literally just – they're from Alabama that pushes them up yeah. draft boards because when you watch him on tape, he, there's times where he gets pushed off the ball. He doesn't have the greatest functional strength. There's times when he can, when he is able to get his hands in the right spot, his hand placement is good. He's able to get out of a stance quick enough. He does have the ability to drive defenders backward for a guy. That's not, doesn't have elite size. He doesn't have elite twitch either. And you were kind yeah. of looking for that. He's, good in several areas but he's not elite in any one and i'm afraid with his 
lack of elite size, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make it. He's got to add a little bit more strength. He's got to be a little bit more disciplined in a stance off the snap, keeping a solid pad level. Those are all things he's going to have to work on. It reminds you of a New England pick that they would make in the third <laughs> round, but this time not necessarily a good one, just one that may fill a certain role for them. But it's just a head scratcher as to why you would take him this early. I did not expect him to come off the board until midday three. Yeah, the Raiders, one of those teams well-known for reaching on prospects. I think they did so here as well. Let's talk, though, about value. And when you're talking Raiders, they move on from Derek Carr. And instead of upgrading the position, they bring in a poor man's Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe not a poor man's Derek Carr. I think Carr is better than Garoppolo. Some may disagree with that, but Garoppolo, very similar type player and not a player that actually elevates the team to contender status. You could say he was a product of that Kyle Shanahan system in San Francisco where he was successful. But where this gets interesting, Andrew, is that they spent a fourth round pick on a quarterback and it's one that you've had your eye on and you had kind of labeled as right behind the, those upper tier quarterbacks that maybe the next guy on the list after the, the big four that everyone was talking about. So it's Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Tell us why you like this value for them in the fourth round at quarterback. Yeah, O'Connell was my QB6 in the draft. Some people have him as low as 12, 13, even later. But early in the draft, going back to, I don't know if it was the NFLPA Bowl or it was the Shrine Bowl. I'm thinking it might have been the Shrine Bowl. One of those games that he participated in back early, early in the pre-draft process, when he kind of caught the eyes of some people when you didn't have a whole lot of the, the big-name quarterbacks playing. O'Connell yeah. was that one guy who was kind of showing out above the rest. This guy who has an NFL arm, a guy who has the know-how, a guy who has the instincts, everything that you need in the pocket. He's got the poise, and he displayed that at the combine. I don't take much of throwing against air. I don't put too much right. stock into it, but he was phenomenal, whether it be the deep balls across the middle of the field. He was poised. He was calm. He was the first player. When I got to Indianapolis to do coverage for the combine, he was the first player that I saw there. I was standing next to him right outside one of the bathrooms, going into the Indiana Convention Center, and he's standing there talking with his trainer. It was just amazing to see how cool he was. And going into the – there was a little bit of a holdup in the line to get their credentials. I was going in to get my media credential. He was going in to get his credential um, as a player as well as his coach, and there was a holdup in the line. Took a minute, a little bit aggravating the person in front of him. But he was so calm throughout the process. You know, he was trying to talk to one of his trainers, whatever. But everything he was, he was so cool. He was so collected. It's just one of those things that you – wouldn't pick up on unless you're like standing next to him. You actually just right. see it. You can sense it in him. And I just sense that this guy has a chance to be an NFL quarterback, maybe not an elite quarterback, but a guy who's got a chance to play in the league for a long time. And with Jimmy Garoppolo's injuries, there's a high probability we see him at some point this year. Wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me either. And, you know, one of the few quarterbacks in that second, third tier that boasts prototypical size for an NFL quarterback, he's not super heavy i mean 213 pounds but 6'3 213 that's a lot that's a lot bulkier than some of these guys that we were seeing in this draft class so he kind of fits the bill as as the prototype quarterback with some developmental traits and i think that you're right i think he was good value there for them for a team that it would be a surprise if garoppolo is available for all 17 games this year i think we do see snaps out of aiden o'connell and i think that he is 
a player that can step in and handle it, much like Bailey Zappi did for the Patriots last year. Kind of got that same, I've been there, I've done it, I know how it works, I know how to lead an offense, and I'm just going to step in. And I may not be an elite traits guy, but I'm going to come in and do my best, and it's going to be enough to to keep my offense moving. And I think that the Raiders made a fantastic selection here as well. Let's go ahead and grade this draft then, Andrew, based on the good and the bad. You came up with a pretty solid grade. It's a B. Tell us why. Really? It, I mean, it would could potentially be higher looking back at if O'Connell ends up being the starting quarterback. But just looking at all the selections, Wilson, I wasn't as high on as a lot of the media members were, but still getting him at seven was an awful value. Right. Uh, it does bring up a concern, though, with Chandler Jones, the fact that they are not sold on him. Going down the line, they addressed some of their biggest needs in Mayer, like you know we both agreed on excellent fit for what the Raiders need getting him in the second round was a steal. Yeah, I'm going B minus and I tagged the minus on there because they didn't select a cornerback until the fourth round. Yeah. And this team on the back end looks rough. I'll tell you that outside of Witherspoon who went to Seattle, they had their pick of the litter at cornerback at seven and they went with the pass rusher. So you can say they're affecting the, the pass game, the, the back end by getting better up front, getting to the quarterback quicker passing on cornerback until the fourth round. That's a, that's a huge uh, red flag to me for, for the Raiders in a draft that I, I like overall. It's just that one key thing right there that they, that they decided cornerbacks, not as big a need as maybe the, the rest of the outside thinks it is. We're going to wait on it uh, a little bit of a head scratcher there. For me, let's jump into the final team though, Andrew, in the AFC West. And this team is an enigma every year. It seems like it doesn't matter who the coach is, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, it doesn't matter how many players they have on defense, who's healthy. The Chargers will be an enigma and just a paradox for evaluators and people who watch the game. It's like this team looks like that they should be on the level of a Kansas City Chiefs team. But for some reason, something always gets in the way and they're never quite that good. Why is that? We we may never know. But let's talk about their draft here because they made a concerted effort to add weapons around their stud quarterback, Justin Herbert, and also to add some players on the defensive side of the ball that could maybe fit into some key cogs on defense and be key contributors as the depth players, but let's talk about their first round selection. Quentin Johnston out of TCU wide receiver went in that run of receivers at the back end or the middle portion of the first round. And then in the second round, they go with an outside linebacker edge defender and Tuli Tuipilotu out of USC. And in the third round, Diane Henley inside linebacker out of Washington state. I really like that pick for the chargers in round four, another wide receiver, Darius Davis, Quentin Johnson's teammate out of TCU. And then in the fifth round, Jordan McFadden, offensive guard out of Clemson. Sixth round, Scott Matlock, defensive tackle out of Boise State. And then in the seventh round, another TCU player and quarterback Max Duggan. Andrew, they rode the, the TCU train this year. Did it help them? Let's talk about it. Who's your favorite selection for the Chargers this year? I'm going to go with Dan Henley. It was hard to find a pick that I necessarily loved, but Henley, I did feel, I thought he was going to go a lot higher just because of the teams that needed a linebacker and the 
lack of supply there was in this draft. So getting him at this point, I felt was really solid value. He's a guy who's familiar with the West Coast. He's familiar playing in that region. I think it's a good schematic fit, too. Uh, they've had guys they've tried, Kenneth Murray, amongst many others. Uh, they don't have that true elite guy. I'm not sure if Henley ever becomes that, but he has the range. He's quick. You know, people say, you know, well, what about straight line speed, whatever? You know, it's good. It's better than average. But when you look at just his overall quickness and his quick reaction time, that's important. It, his position, his ability to react quickly to the ball, seeing what's happening, anticipating what's happening. Those are all good things about Henley's game. I'd like him to add a little bit more weight, be able to defend the run a little bit better. But overall, I feel like there is some upside here, especially as a coverage linebacker in a league that is very pass happy. The Chargers did not go running back in this draft class, Andrew, and despite the rumored discontent with their starting running back, Austin Eckler, it was kind of a surprise to me that they didn't take a running back here, but, uh, and especially taking two wide receivers, you went kind of a different direction with your least favorite pick here. You went with Tui Pelotu, outside linebacker, edge rusher out of USC. Tell us why. I'm just not sure where he fits. I like Tui Pelotu better when he was weighing 290 and playing on the inside because he's a fierce pass rusher from the interior if you can get him to produce the way he produced this past season play him whether it be as a five tech a three tech and allow him to just penetrate up the middle i think that's the best situation for him he is developed now as a pass rusher i know they moved him some to the outside this past year but he understands the concept of pass rushing now he was just so yeah. raw before that i think now that he understands the concept of being a pass rusher, he's originally built to be an interior defensive lineman. So try moving him back to the interior of the defensive line and see how he works. Does he have enough length for to be a five-tech in the Chargers system? I'm not sure. I just don't know if the Chargers necessarily have a clear plan for where they're going to play him. That's a concern with him. Is he going to stay on the edge? Is he going to move back inside? Is he going to add the weight? I just don't know if the Chargers know what's going to happen, and that's concerning for me. I felt at this point, we'll mention the tight ends. I thought about putting Darius Davis here as the least favorite pick, not because I hate yeah. Davis, but because there were some good tight ends on the board, and they need tight end as well. Zach Koontz was still available. Will Mallory, as some other guys were still available. They could have really afforded to take one of them. Even Darnell Washington at this point could have been tremendous value. Yeah, I agree with you. They made some moves that had some questions to them, but overall – players that they selected are, are decent players we'll talk about their grade here in a second but before we do that let's talk value you went with their sixth round selection tell us why yeah i went with scott matlock and this one is just based upon upside he's another guy who's still kind of raw needs to do a little bit better job of getting a good first step out of his stance and he doesn't have the longest arms they're just under 33 inches which is usually that threshold for defensive linemen but six foot four 296 he ran a four nine eight in the 40 solid split time and one six nine 29 reps on the bench nearly a 30 inch vertical jump nine foot five broad he's a good athlete across and it also at almost 300 pounds he ran a seven three one three cone that's not too bad that's better than some uh receivers that we saw this year right so yeah i'm i'm I, this guy is fluid he's agile i really like him as an athlete he just needs to be molded he's really raw but I felt at this point, you know, you're wanting to gamble on upside. I feel this is the time to do it. He is what you're kind of – He, if he had an inch longer arms, he would be a perfect five-tech for the Chargers system. I'm not sure where he's going to end up playing, but he's a guy you can add to the fold for competition. And if he makes the roster, he could be a guy who develops into something special down the line. All right. I gave this draft class from the Chargers a C+. And there's a couple of reasons why it wasn't my favorite – 
Quentin Johnson in the first round at wide receiver. It's kind of like adding Mike Williams back to the roster as a rookie. They were kind of profiled as similar players, especially Johnson in the lead up to the draft. I think Mike Williams is a little bit bigger player, but still similar skill set, take the top off the defense, get big on the outside, finesse receivers on the outside, get up and, and get some 50-50 balls. But it was kind of head scratching. That was the guy they went with. I thought maybe Zay Flowers would fit them a lot better. Yeah. So a very interesting type selection there. And then they didn't go running back in this draft class, Andrew. And that blew my mind, especially with the fact that there's a disgruntled player there in Austin Eckler who has been asking to get out. And, you know, maybe they're going to keep him around. Maybe that's going to work itself out. He's been a good player for them, but still what they have behind him isn't doesn't inspire a lot of confidence if he were to be traded or maybe hold out or something along those lines. So that was kind of a head scratcher for me for the Chargers. What was your grade, though, for the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, I gave him a C for a lot of the same reasons that you said. Running back, I don't think is an issue just because they spent high draft capital on Isaiah Spiller last year. So I don't think they've given up on him yet. I think they trust him. Not necessarily I do, but I think they do. Yeah, some of the picks, I'm just not sure if they have a plan for. Tui Palutu, what you mentioned about Johnson was straight on. I like Johnson as a wide receiver. I think he's a little bit more quicker, a little bit faster than Williams. But they need a guy underneath that can make things happen after the catch. They have yep. a basketball team already. They could have really afforded a Zay Flowers. I felt that would have been a match made in heaven. I think they missed out there. That's going to do it for us in this edition of the FFSN Draft Recap Show. That was the AFC West. If you are listening to this for the first time and you want to hear more draft recaps, maybe you want to hear about your team, go back and check out all of our other recaps wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be on the FFSN NFL feed, and then I believe these are getting uploaded to your team's feed as well. If your team is in one of the, is in the division that we are covering, then it should show up on your team's feed if you have an FFSN network for your NFL team. And so we'll be out there. We're going to keep doing these and we're going to be back on FFSN with more NFL draft stuff down the road for Andrew Wilbar. I'm Jeremy Betts. It's been fun. Have a great day, everybody. Time to stop and